What's happening, weirdos? Don't worry, Val is here. She just had to run uh, to a doctor's appointment, so she wasn't... Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? She's not here for the intro, but she's here for the episode. And it is a great episode. And it's a human episode. And there's an arc to it. And I really loved it. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. As always, I felt such a relief um, processing things, some of these things in real time during this episode, just like something comes up and we process it. And it has this beautiful expansion, like Val creates a space for it and we process it. And it's a real, it was a real gift to me. I hope it's a gift to you as well. Uh, let's see. Only one thing to plug. October 18th, I will be doing with Val a We Made It Weird Endless Honeymoon Pod Blend. That's Natasha Legero and Moshe Castro's Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and We Made It Weird, together on stage at the same time, taking questions from you and riffing together uh, at Largo on October 18th. For tickets to that, go to largo-la.com. Hope to see you there. And as always, if you like this podcast, show some support. Uh, it's easy. Just try one of the things that I actually use and actually love. We call them the Pete's Picks. Like Ned and Company, the providers of some of the best CBD you can buy on this planet we call Earth. As you guys know, CBD has been an incredible plant ally for me, helping with stress, anxiety, sleep, inflammation, and pain. It is a wonderful alternative to over-the-counter pharmaceuticals. And Ned makes full-spectrum hemp oil extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by a farmer named Jonathan. They know who their farmers are, and these farmers are incredibly passionate about the hemp that they grow. It's not a thousand acres of GMO corn and a little patch of hemp. This is in Peonia, Colorado. You can find it. Do an image search of Peonia, Colorado on their website. They have all this transparency about who grows it and where it's grown. And when I say they're passionate about this hemp, I mean they are passionate about this hemp. Their products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to over-the-counter drugs. They're chock full of premium CBD and full-spectrum active cannabinoids. Uh, and also to mention these other things I can't say very well, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. Trichomes? Tri tri trichomes. What I'm saying is the science is there and you're getting everything that CBD uh, has to offer all in one place. It nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. And they have a new product, which I just tried this week, which I am absolutely in love with. It's called their De-Stress Blend. It is a one-for-one -one formula of CBD and CBG, which is known of the as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And it's got ashwagandha, an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And they top it off with cardamom and cinnamon, which not only tastes great, but cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health and a key player in mental health. And cardamom, which combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and your cortisol levels. So if you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for weirdos. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free de-stress blend sample. So go to www.helloned.com weird 
or enter WEIRD at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash WEIRD to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over 40 bucks. Thank you, Ned, for being a Pete's Pick and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. I get into it. I also want to talk about our friends at Everlane. As you know, I am about it. Everlane is the best online clothing company. It's the only online clothing company that I use because they're the best online clothing company that I've found. And they can help dress you up or dress you down. Incredibly versatile for whatever adventure, your everyday adventure you might be going on. Whether you're literally exploring a new world or going on a trip or just staying home and exploring the new world of a movie or a book or a documentary or just going to that neighborhood patio brunch spot, Everlane has premium essentials to outfit you in comfort. As you guys know, I'm a huge believer in their jean jackets. I've never found a jean jacket that I like before Everlane, and now I have the one in blue, and I got the same one in black, because as soon as I found it, I was like, I gotta make sure I have this and have one on backup. As I mentioned, you can dress it up, you can dress it down. I've worn it to fancy things, I've worn it for shows, I've also just worn it around the house because it's that soft, that well-made, that well-fitting, and that comfortable. Everlane has made quality clothing with ethical factories and radical transparent in, in their pricing since 2010. They do extensive research and vetting to make sure their factories are ethical and provide fair wages and reasonable hours, which makes me feel great about the clothing that I'm buying. They have timeless design and the finest sustainable material so you can wear them for years to come. And most retailers hide their markups, but Everlane believes their customers have a right to know how much their clothes cost to make. In fact, they share exactly how much they cost to produce at every stage. Whether you're going about the town with your friends or a movie night with your, with your fam, from workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear, they have styles for lounging at home or hitting up a late night spot. Their breathable organic cotton trackwear gives an elevated take on tried and true basics. And for all those beach days and pool parties, Everlane's sustainable swimwear collection that's sustainable, meaning it's made from over 13,760 pounds of recycled plastic. So get into it. They have 30-day, uh, within-the-ship-date, easy, easy, easy returns. And all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day uh, guarantee. It's a fit you can feel good about. So go to everlane.com weird and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get free returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com weird and sign up and show your support of this podcast. Last but not least, it's a part of my morning ritual, and I really believe it should be a part of yours. This is a great way to support not only the show, but to support your body. It's ritual multivitamins. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients and bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What you won't find is sugar, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh minty taste that literally tastes like mint when you uh, take it down, which I love. And the delayed release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. Uh, I know a lot of people feel like you just pee out multivitamins, but that is what they're talking about with the delayed release. Ritual multivitamins don't break down until they're in your lower intestine, which is where your body can actually absorb them. It's the only multivitamin I've ever taken where I'm, I'm not just taking 
uh, going to the bathroom a couple hours later and just know it's all leaving my body because of that time uh, delayed release. It's a great way to start my morning and makes me feel ready to start my day. And a multivitamin should contain those key nutrients and fill gaps in your diet. As a mostly vegan, I have a lot of gaps in my diet and rely on ritual for those. B12, which is hard to get as a vegan, it's also just really hard to get in general the more and more our soil gets depleted. And D3, which is so important to it for immune health. Plus, you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. They are now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support your different stages of life. And your multivitamins, I love this part, are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. It's one of the things that motivates me to take it. As I like knowing it's sort of like the treadmill system, it's coming. So I keep taking it, keep getting it in my body, which I really appreciate. Plus, I appreciate how minimal the packaging is. And it's easy to start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. I've had to snooze it before, and the website made it incredibly easy. And if you don't love Ritual within your, within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So... Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash weird to show your support of the show. All right, everybody. This is uh, We Made It Weird 57. 57. Can you believe it? Uh, get into it. I'm recording. I hit record. Oh, no, I, I hit record. I haven't even sat down yet. Well, welcome oh, to the shit house. <laughs> welcome to the shit house. Welcome shit to the shitheads. Welcome <laughs> shitheads to the shit house podcast where we talk shit and we name names. <laughs> Who's sucking a big donkey dong this fucking month, dude? Oh my god. This is like like all this what if he said this is your truest self? This is your truest self. This no. is what he's really like. No. No, I was just thinking like all of the like lovely like my like my therapist and like all these like lovely women that are in my mindfulness mentor group that like I MMG? Yep. That I've told <laughs> I have a podcast and they're like, Oh, we'll have to give it a listen and if this is the one that they like tune in. <laughs> That's so funny. It's why I don't like mixing real world and uh, and performance time. I know. Like even like uh, I'm learning. I this. have my Largo. We're recording this on Thursday, and I have my Largo show. So future thanks. Brody's still right there. I know. I couldn't get him to go inside. Did you try the snappy snap? I tried snappy snap. <laughs> I tried, Come here, boy. Did you try? Uh, Come here, Brody. He can be in here. He just might garble his nuts. I'm doing a snap and a kiss. Come here, bro. Come on, Bubba. Good boy. Good boy. Little Brody. naked deer. He just like he instantly came in and sniffed that candle, but like so close that it like it looked like the flame touched his nose. It's just a tickle. That's exactly just Brody. Just a tickle. He's like, ooh, what's that light? And then just puts his face in fire. That's our dog. He puts his face in fire. He's the kind of dog that would just. Put his face in fire because he has zero instincts. Yeah. He has no animal instincts except yeah. for barking when someone comes to your den. We had a nice moment the other day where I was like, I, I jumped. Oh, God, he makes me jump. I'm like a Kathy cartoon. Remember <laughs> Kathy? Ack, of course. Ack! 
And like hair <laughs> act. I'd also accept act for Bill the Cat from Bloom County. A lot of acts in the 80s and 90s cartoon strips. Uh-huh. I'm going to say Bill stole that from Kathy because she's quite <gasps> famously I bet act. they spelled it differently. It's like Wolverine Sknit. Sknit. Like when his blades come out. Sknit. Sknit. S-K-N-I-T. Is, is, it's very That's fun. I specific. like that. Sknit. 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 Wow. And somebody, when they made the movies, was like, okay, guys, gather up. We need to get a skit. Like, we need, it's got to be skin cut. Because, like, people would know. Even I would know. I'm not a huge comic book hound. Yeah. People who think of onomatopoeia is, onomatopoeias are really smart. Onom- people who <laughs> think of onomatopoeias are really smart? <laughs> What do you That's mean? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as surprised as you. I just want to understand. Um, I just don't think I have that skill set to be what like. What do you mean? To hear like like a sound and to no think garbling. of the words to or the letters to make that sound. I oh yeah, but that's not what an onomatopoeia is. It isn't. An onomatopoeia is a sound that sounds like what it is. Like buzz is an onomatopoeia. Oh, you're right. What am I thinking of? I once argued that twat was onomatopoeic. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. Thank No one has ever agreed with me. (laughs) Twat. There's something kind of... Twat. 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 There's something twat. Like, this is what you don't want. Sometimes, like, uh, I don't know, beautiful spiritual people, same thing to me. We'll be like, I got to check it out. But Mirabai Star, our dear friend, who does listen to this podcast and is a beautiful spiritual person, she was like, I love your podcast. The first 15, 20 minutes is like absurd, <laughs> like shit talk. Yeah. Fucks. It's fuck city. Yeah. It's like total fuck city. These are not her words. It's fuck These city and words. the mayor is drunk on pineapple schnapps. <laughs> That's it. And then we just for no reason. <laughs> Take a left turn. Into, like one of those holy ground emergency brakes. You got to pull it up. Why do I know this? You pull it up halfway and you turn the wheel a quarter turn in the direction you want to go. That's how you do a skid out. You put your real rear wheels in front of you. Whoa! It's you in the movies. They usually just yank it up, but I've heard halfway. Halfway, and you have to turn and a the quarter wheel turn at the same time. Wow! Don't try this. Do not. Try Don't this. try this. We don't need Do to we even that. have to say that? If you get in a hot rod, <laughs> hot rod, and go, Pete said half up and quarter turn, don't expect that to work. I file that under, there's certain things I hold on to lest, I, lest I'm like I'm in a serious, serious situation. These serious situations will never happen. Yes. Dane Cook used to have a bit about like planning for like a like a an attack on a plane or something, he's like, I'll break my CD in half and like use it as a knife. I'm like, I've thought break a CD in half before. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's male or anything or even specific to comedians, but there's like a real absurd chapter. There's a real absurd aisle in the library of my brain mm-hmm. dedicated to like this is how you repel. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh-huh. I really watched someone repelling. I've repelled before. You've repelled... Into- I've repelled many audiences. <laughs> You're repelling me right now, actually. OMG, no. I thought we had a nice F-L-O-W. We did. What's that? Flow. <laughs> I just spelled the word flow. Oh, my God. What is up today, Onomatopoeia? My brain... Your brain... Is dumb. Can I say something for real? 
Okay, to be fair, just What's to up? say. What's up? You usually do acronyms, so I don't even look for for the spellings of words. Like, Say no more. You do that very frequently, so it's not Absolutely. like I don't know how to spell flow. I did it earlier Can with you? MMA or MME. Yeah. Mindful meditation. Oh, you just did it. I the just mentor did. Group. Yes. Mentor MMG. Okay. And also, I used to teach English, so at one point I knew what an onomatopoeia was. I just have forgotten. This is killing me. I just feel very dumb all of a sudden. What is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm saying that in defense of you. Why leave you alone, you? I hate this. I just feel like... This makes me think of when Byron Katie said to me, when I was like, oh, I've been beating myself up because I was late. Mm. And she went... Be nicer to my darling. Stop it. Be nice. And we've done it. Hard left turn. (laughs) Half break up. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Krishna too. Let's talk about Hanuman and the shade that Krishna's blue. Oh, 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 no. What did you say? I should have yes-handed. I hate when people do that. I hate when people, uh, and I do it all the time. Let's not say hate. It's not my favorite thing. When someone will uh, deny a good yes and opportunity, because I could have gone with your Buddha, <laughs> but instead I was like, and Krishna's blue. Like, like it's a no. cheap, I, I'm not saying it's bad or evil. I'm just saying I'm 42, fuck, what if I went 42, <laughs> What's you know, that? people don't want to say their age. They go, I'm 30 years old. Yeah. But if I went, I'm 42 years old. Oh, no, it would be, I'm 42 years old. That is the bit. I'm 42 years old. Oh, just true, truly divine. I really want to try to remember to do that in life. Me, I'm 42 years old. We heard you. What did Brent Sullivan used to say something really funny? I think after he got into his 30s, he would say, I'm 29-ish, I think. That's it was something cool. like that. I'm I mean, pretty sure it was 29-ish. Yeah, I love it, but it's just hard to topple me from the throne of enjoyment I'm still sitting in. Oh, for, uh, for, for meaning, 42. I'm um, 29-ish. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay. It's it was just hard to, something it's hard. better than that. <laughs> well, knowing Brent, one of the funniest people that's ever lived, Brent mm-hmm. James Sullivan, check out his record. Mm-hmm. Also, to give another shout out, I bought this thing. Uh, boy, this is so me. Magic Mind. Really enjoying Magic Mind. Yeah, okay. This is explaining a lot. (laughs) I don't think it is. Because there's no substance. And I've tried a lot of substances Mm -hmm. that will put me in this exact flow. Everything is an amplifier. Mm. We've talked about this ad nauseum. About how drugs are amplifiers. Caffeine is an amplifier. Magic Mind, which I've been enjoying, is an amplifier. You have to do the... you You have to get lucky in the morning and draw the right hand. Meaning the sleep has to be right, the food has to be right, exercise has to be right, meditate, all these things that we can try, but it's not fail-safe. So I can't say drink Magic Mind and and sound like I sound right now. This is the line... I'm saying that to me. No one else would want to sound this way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is really in line with kind of what I've been reading and learning about, which is I'm reading a book called Awakening Joy, and I'm currently looking up who wrote it. Um... And it's like all about this stuff that we know. It's written by James Baraz and Shoshana, Shoshana, and her last name is. And Baraz is an onomatopoeia. Baraz. <laughs> but it, what is it? If you know James, that's how he is. That's how he sounds. Baraz. <laughs> but that's just how he is. Let's get a little is. taste. 
wiser oh. choice. Let's turn it up. <laughs> Perhaps in that moment you recall how venting your anger in the past only made things worse. See, he's, he's not, not a Baraz. He, he is definitely not. And I, I don't want to tease him, but he sounds like we're going around in the circle and you have to read a paragraph. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't sound... Like he wrote those words? That's meaning James Baraz. We're re- we're plugging your book. I love. So this I is a light. This book. is a light barazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying you sort of sound uh, like you're reading someone else's work, maybe for the first time. <laughs> maybe there's a, there's a tone that I get when I'm reading someone else's work, and my emphasis isn't going on understanding; it's just going on reading. So I'm like, yes. And then they open the door, and the door was creaky, and creak creak creak. It went, and the door was open. Well, I know what you mean. I can't believe you're not laughing at that. <laughs> it's totally fine, but I was like, as I was doing it, I was like, this is going to be Valerie's jam. <laughs> it wasn't. I li- I liked it. No, it's um, okay. Anyway, it's a great book, and it's about um, the intentional activity, and like, so there's these two wings of well-being of awareness. One is the mindfulness that we always talk about, which is just like being able to hold and be in all of your feelings, everything that's arising without judgment. And so that's very inactive in a way where mm-hmm. you're just like, you're just trying to be like an, an open space for everything to arise without judgment. Like but, a whiteboard. Yeah. But then at a certain point, there's... You want to like interweave that with intentional activity towards joy because oh, this is back to magic mind. Yeah. So, and you were just saying like you draw the card and you get the right amount of sleep, and then you see maybe how like exercise goes, and you just named a bunch of different intentional activities. Wim Hof breathing, huge fan. Yeah, and I really do. Ten th- rounds of forty. Uh, I... For those that know. <laughs> For those that know. They know. Yeah. I, and anybody else, there's no way you'll be able to figure out what 10 rounds of 40 means. Well, Wim Hof breathing, it's how many breaths are you doing? And usually it's 30. I do 40 and usually do three rounds. I I do between eight and 10 rounds because it gets you mother and high. Yeah. It's the best. So I haven't done it yet today. Breath work. Imagine what I'll be like after. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't care to be here for it. You won't. Oh. I'll be swinging on my own Tarzan vine. No, I like you. I have a Tarzan vine in the backyard. <laughs> I have a Tarzan vine in the backyard, okay? I'm not done being silly. Let's be silly. Go ahead. Keep going. So there's no, the thing, there's the openness and the, and the sort of um, passive receptivity to reality. And then there's the second tier. The second wing. Yeah. Which is just like doing things to specifically like carve new grooves in your brain towards joy and being, so that is like moving your body, dancing, singing, being in community. Yeah. Well, oh, is this where you fun, read that? Doing fun things. Yes. Because exactly. you told me like move every day. Tell yeah. the people. It, it was like, move your body every day. These are the keys to joy, more joy. Yeah. And it was like, especially dancing. And it was like, do creative expression, some sort of creative expression, especially singing. And I was like, yeah. those are my two favorite things. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes I get that because singing activates the vagus nerve. Yep. And what happens In the vagus nerve stays in the vagus nerve. We're back. <laughs> 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 Did 
just pure silliness. That's sugar in the raw right there. That is nothing added but just pure silly. It hasn't even been processed. It's not processed at all. It's all grainy and kind of weird, but you got to drink it. And it will not dissolve. dissolve. No. It's mostly just for a treat at the bottom of your drink. It's not affecting the drink at all. Sugar in the bottom of your cup, more like it. That is... We're doing it. We're writing a Paula Poundstone. I actually, I'm not teasing Paula Poundstone. I think she's a wonderful joke writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Dead serious. I can't be Poundstone canceled. Don't let Paula. Don't. Can I just say, since I'm such a snooze, here's my one joke. I've been off social media for a month. Uh, No, for like two weeks. It was two weeks before my non-specified drug experience. So it's been a month. Uh Thank you. How dare you attack my specialness? I'm so sorry. It's been four American weeks. (gasps) One week since you looked at me. (laughs) Imagine if you came home and heard me in my most sincere voice just going... It's been one week, like I'm cleaning the counter <laughs> since you looked at me. And you didn't know I was and watching you. Yeah, it would be sort of haunting, right? Kind of yes. like a phonograph. Like, Yes, it would be exactly like a phonograph. It's been one week since you looked at me. Dropped your hand to the hand, said crazy. Five in the living room. It's, yeah, what is- if you just woke up one morning, you went into your kitchen to get your coffee, and there was... Uh, just an in, like a phonograph that you've never seen. And well, was, that already and it was playing that. that song. Well, it's very Bioshock. Bioshock is a brilliant vi- video oh, yeah. game. I, yeah, I do like watching people play that. I had <laughs> say you've you've enjoyed watching watching me play that. I believe. Yeah, uh, what what did I have about creepy phonographs? Bioshock does it well. It was before that. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really I've been doesn't off. matter. No, it really doesn't matter. Uh, it's been, and we're back to that. Yeah, it's been four weeks. My joke is, I I've, I quit social media, and no one asks why. It's yeah. like telling people you quit heroin. Yeah. Like people are just happy for you. But I was saying to you earlier, I did have a non-specified drug experience that that really hammered in and solidified and made visceral and experiential and real a lot of things I already believed. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested in the difference between like, we all sort of know we might be happier without social media in our lives. Yeah. But what's the difference between knowing that and like making a change? Mm -hmm. And for me, the non-specified drug experience had a (laughs) lot. Why is Brody just Um, in between us being indiscriminately petted? I'm sorry. I thought I I, I like petting him. (laughs) I I like betting him too, but there is a presence. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's calming to pet a dog. It helps you think better. Apparently, it's not petting to watch someone pet a dog. It's not calming. He said it's not petting. He's your emotional support animal, but he's my emotional distress animal. That's true. 100% JK. I did my love. Good boy. boy. He is a good boy. Well, we've been talking about those gratitude lists, and I think I mentioned that I've been I did a gratitude list for Brody. Mm-hmm. I call it a love list, or you could call it loving kindness, and it really has been making a huge difference with Brody. For example, if he is doing something like licking the carpet, which is sort mm-hmm. of annoying, mm-hmm. he just like what 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 are you doing? And like I can hear it, and whatever. I'm such a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. He'll stop if you go, Brody. 
You just yeah. stop. Like, you don't even yeah. have to be mean. You just go, Brody. Yeah. It's almost like, what are you doing, pal? Yeah. Like, you know what that's called? A good boy. That's a good boy. So anyway, I had a whole thing. I'm sorry I'm so sensitive. It's really on me. I was trying to hold together my point. But going off social media I, was something I wanted to talk about. And now I don't even remember what I was going to say. It's okay. Oh, don't no. make that face. But, but we were talking about how this unspecified, oh, why you do thing, you don't do things that you know will help. Well, that, that's what the non-specified drug experience did, is I had all these beliefs laid out on top of me like little nails, you know. Mm-hmm. And the non-specified drug experience that I had sort of pushed them into me. Yeah. So one of the things that this uh, most recent non-specified drug experience mm-hmm. I had really showed me was like, and I've, I've had this kind of feeling before is like, it matters like what we do and what we read and what we talk about and who is in our lives matters. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that over time or through different experiences get amplified. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. Yeah. I, I think there is something to, I think I had something better. I'm really, I'm really feeling like I lost it. Oh. I was in a good flow and it's so embarrassing. This is your thing. It's not the feeling. It's, it's the, the shame. shame. Yeah. So I'm having a feeling that like, boy, I thought I could handle the dog's head being in <laughs> the dog's head being in between us. But it was enough. It was the pilots in the audience. Mm. You know that Seinfeld episode? Yes. His manager goes, the pilot's in the audience, and he can't do stand-up? Yeah. Brody was just the pilot in the audience. Oh. It's okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost like, all right, let's wrap up. I'm done. I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, no. I no. had a whole thing about being off social media. I can't remember it, and it doesn't matter. This is the entertainment. The entertainment is how worked up and, and sweaty I am that I lost it. Oh, uh, well, I bet it'll come back. And <laughs> I, <laughs> you don't think so? Maybe in three hours I don't know it might oh well if I had known it was bothering you I wouldn't have been petting him (laughs) (laughs) that's reasonable right (laughs) what a nightmare it must be to live with me no I love it Mm. um yeah I didn't know it was bothering you (laughs) that I was petting him Uh, to give you a category of what it was you could have been Licking an ice cream cone. Mm. You know, there's something very active about the repetitive going back to a cone, going back to a dog's head. Mm-hmm. You could have been uh, moving uh, balls from one box to another box. It was enough to make me go, what are, what are, what are these balls? And then I'm out. Uh, yeah. It's really, a, it's a me issue. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get on board with that. I'm just like Val. Help me. I, I have nothing. We're on the podcast. I, I, have, I, have, I have nothing. I, I do. I have something that I've okay, been trying to say. But let's drop this horrible side tangent because I blew it. No, you didn't blow it. I was saying I'm that hot now. there's a reason why. Um, well, I think there's another reason why we don't do. We get go back to this often. It's like, why don't I do the things that I know will help me? Like I know what's going to make me feel good. I know that this hike that I do in our neighborhood will make me feel good every time yeah. and make me feel connected to the divine and in my body. And usually I get some sort of creative idea. All the things that I want to feel, I feel every time I go on this hike and I won't do it. Why wouldn't I do it every single day if I know that that works? And I think there's a lot of reasons. Um just one basic one being that it's hard to create new habits. Um, but the other one is, I wonder if it's 
it's like the courage of being happy. Like it takes courage to be happy. We think we all want it, but it often brings up things like unworthiness, like who am I to be happy? Mm-hmm. Um, even maybe some sort of like survivor guilt that it's like, well, my my family and a lot of my friends don't have the opportunity to do this hike and be happy. Um, and also like the impermanence. If you allow yourself to be happy, then you have to admit that it's, you have to reconcile with the fact that it's just going to be fleeting Mm. and then it's going to go away and then it'll come back. But, um, I'm just finding that as I'm reading this book about awakening joy, because I do feel like I've kind of gotten into a negative mind pattern, not all the time, but just more often getting kind of stuck in a rut of being like, oh, I just have to constantly be working with my anxiety and my fear and like all of this this kind of shadow work that I've forgotten sometimes. Uh, I forget the levity and the joy. And I'm reading this book and it's all the things that are in that documentary called Happy. Which we love. That we, we love watch, and like watched years ago and yeah. really... I used to watch it once a year. Yeah. But I feel like that was enough. I've probably seen it six times. <laughs> yeah. And it really is. It's like five things or something like that. So it's stuff that we already know. Mm-hmm. And I feel really fortunate because this wasn't always the case for me. So if you're listening and this isn't the case for you, just this can totally turn around. Um, but like, I finally am in a place where I know the things that bring me joy. Like I know what Valerie likes and what works for her every time. And so as I'm reading this book being like, okay, maybe this book will be the key to it. It's like, I actually already know these things. I'm going to put Brody up. Yeah. The problem is, is that I'm not doing them. And, um, so I, so now I have you to myself and I can tell you what I really think about Pete. Just kidding. Um, Are you making jokes? <laughs> no. I um, can't. I'm, I don't know why. Well, I'm sure that like the kind of mania that's making you so fun right now is also making you hypersensitive too. Well, that's really loving of you. Well. This is, were you done with your point? Mm-hmm. Because I, <laughs> like it's breaking news. We've been talking lately, I really think I'm an Enneagram 4. After years and years of saying I'm an Enneagram 3 with a 4 wing, I think I might be a 4 with a 3 wing. What does that mean? Uh, the 4, it comes into this. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about, like, the 4's major need is to be understood. Yeah. And, like, that's why, like, I think I have, we call it maybe the pain body. You might call it triggering you might call it an overreaction is really what most people would call it. Why do I overreact to you petting Brody, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even you petting Brody. It was just like that Brody was like staring at me <laughs> and was in in the room during the podcast, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. So what is that? It's the national song where he goes, mm-hmm. you should know me better than that. Mm-hmm. He just says over and over, you should know me better than that. Mm-hmm. I think Matt is also for Mm-hmm. And uh, he's better at being a four than I am because he dresses so uh, interestingly and usually fours dress very interestingly. Mm-hmm. So I've really just been like having this huge, it feels like a huge epiphany for me is like that feels like a, 
I'm not being understood. Every, everyone knows I don't like the energy of the dog when I'm trying to focus. Mm, uh, yes. <laughs> so why, okay, this is only pertinent or a- a- applicable to people if they also are triggered by the same thing. That's not, that's not true. What I'm trying to demonstrate by talking about this even more is that when there is an overreaction, it's really helpful. That's a clue. Mm. It's like Pete Rawlings says, alcoholism isn't the problem. It's, it's like a clue to what the problem is. It's, it's letting you know that there is a problem. Yeah. You could say the same thing about certain, um, excuse me, certain diseases are letting you know that there's a problem. Yeah. So in the same way, I'm going like, what, what is this? And, and the voice is, I'm not being understood. And I now know this about myself, having read up on the four this past month, that like that's a huge trigger for me. The other example is, uh, our our plumber came over, and I, I, I because of Wim Hof, I like taking cold showers. And our cold isn't cold; it's not very cold. It's like kind of lukewarm, and then you turn all the way up, and it gets hot. This is boring. But when I'm explaining to him, it turns out it's very difficult to explain. Uh, I, I'm not sure where our plumber is on the on the English ability, mm-hmm. but I'm also trying to explain it in Spanish a little bit. I, I need the cold to be colder. And I need the hot to be hotter. I want a, a wider range. Mm-hmm. And then after he left, and I, I, I still don't know if he understood me. He went to get a part. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a part problem. <laughs> yeah. But I had an overreaction. And again, when we have the overreactions, they are these little like gifts mm-hmm. in this strange way. So it's like opportunity to know ourselves a little bit better Definitely. and go, I wasn't being understood like and it therefore wasn't I, about the thing it's about and you said you're, you're the feeling of parents not understanding or yeah. remember that we've told the story about the time i lost my temper at my parents and it was because my mom didn't understand how i have hindu art and christian art in my house and what i said was i wrote a book about it mm-hmm. i was also saying you don't understand me mm-hmm. so like that is the major wound again the reason i'm sharing this is if it resonates with anybody listening mm-hmm. you might want to take the enneagram test but you also might be an enneagram 4 we all want to be understood but if you have like a a flare up like since uh, our plumber left i've replayed that conversation so many more times of like, how could I have been more clear? And we also laughed, like I also flare up often at the beginning of projects and can sometimes struggle to maintain my enthusiasm. And that's because after I've sold a project or, uh, yeah, after I've sold like a script or something, Mm. it's been validated. I've been understood. Mm -hmm. I wrote it this way. Do you get it? You do Mm -hmm. get it. And then I'm like, well, my work here is done. And they're like, no, the work starts now. And I'm like, yeah, but I already had my needs met. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I think it is interesting. I'm thinking of this like kind of paradox that I, I think I, I'm an Enneagram 9 too, and I, and I have my own paradox, so I'm wondering if everybody does, where fours, fours want to be individual and special and different. They want to be different. Fours want to be different. And they want to be understood. Yeah. So it's almost like they want to be understood and they're kind of challenging because to a nine, it's like, yeah, I want to be understood too. So I just merge into whatever that person is because then I know they'll understand me because they understand themselves. But fours are (laughs) like, I want to be different than the person that I'm talking to and I want them 
to kind of almost like make the effort to come my way, come my way and understand me. Yeah, that's and embarrassing. But no, I no, I think true. I think it's I think no. That's how like, you know with the enneagram if it's embarrassing, it's probably true. Yeah, but here's a, I'll share just for solidarity an embarrassing nine one. I want to be, I want to be seen for my efforts, but I also make my efforts invisible, meaning Mm. Enneagram nines do a lot of like energetic, um, peacekeeping where nobody is seeing what they're doing, but they, and nobody's asking for this either, but like at a dinner party, nines are like kind of energetically keeping tabs on where everybody is and subtly directing everyone to be. That's so funny. So at Leela's birthday party, you were really exhausted because you were going around Checking on it, you didn't. Yeah. It wasn't unpleasant. I just noticed at the end of that experience, yes. you were like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh," socially, but you were like, "Oh," mm-hmm. on a different level. Like yeah. you really left it all on the field. Yep. And you were going around making sure everybody was having a good time. And again, this is embarrassing. I was going around going like, "Who can I get to understand me?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the underbelly of mine again so so that for solidarity that I will do all of that. And twos, I think, are the same way. Um, I'll do all of this energetic stuff and then I'll resent people for making me do that. Or it's not even that. It's more like if you don't see all the invisible things that I'm doing, then I will be very triggered very quickly. So. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, it, it's the same kind of paradox where it's like I'm doing in, and I've had relationships and friendships where people really think I do nothing. <laughs> and like, I get so upset because yeah. I'm like, I'm exhausted all the time because I'm keeping this shit together. You mean do nothing in the relationship? No, no just do, like, do, it's like, what What do you do again? What contribution to society do you, you make? You mean professionally? Like yeah, professionally or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I, you know, like, like I had a friend who uh, I was putting together this kind of like mindfulness support group with these friends and... And like holding space for everybody and, and like everybody in that group was saying like, thank you so much. This means so much to me. And I had a friend who was like, yeah, she's just sending a Zoom link. And I just remember Ugh. being like, I, I am doing so much more than that, but it's, but it is invisible. And so, yeah. Yeah. So we have other friends in our lives that get grief from more dualistic or rational leaning. I don't mean rational, irrational. I mean rational and the things that are sort of trans-rational mm. beyond the realm of rational and irrational, yeah. which is the heart space, which is the intuitive space, which is the holding space space. Yeah. And a lot of, and I've spent most of my life in a dualistic, rational kind of brain for the mm. most part. And I can admit that I've also kind of taken for granted the fact that there are these sort of angelic people that are doing invisible work. Yeah. And that's what angels do. Aww. They do invisible work. And they they create containers and even sacred space for this um, heart work to be done. Mm-hmm. But then, like, in, especially in a society that just wants bridges and just wants success and just wants money and business and media, like business and media are, are the two pillars of our entire culture, mm. business mm-hmm. and media, 
two of the, quote, realist things. I don't mean, you know, eternally real. I just mean, like, they're black and white. They're happening. They're numbers and they're print. Yeah. Uh, that is what our culture is built on. Yeah. So I'm very happy that through knowing you, and I hope a little bit before knowing you, you start recognizing not just the value, but the uh, the essentiality mm. <laughs> of of these people, not just to help the rational people do what they need to do. That's sort of bullshit to keep reality, to keep reality happening Yeah. without exploding. Thanks for saying that. You're welcome. I think you do that too. Yeah, I have some heart space and some intuitive flowy sort of stuff. Yeah. And more so lately. Yeah. Um, going back to the Brody thing, I was just like, for while you were talking about it, I was reflecting on like, yeah, why didn't, and I know you weren't saying it this way, but it's like, of course I know that Brody is distracting to Pete. Why didn't I know that him being right here would be distracting you? And I feel like I, it just made me realize that I was, my side of it was, like we started this podcast and really quickly I was like, oh wow, your energy is not matching how I'm feeling right now. Like I have like, I'm really tired and I have brain fog and I'm trying to like keep up with this. And then like feeling like I'm kind of being extra dumb, which that isn't a kind word. I will, I'll, I'll, that's the last time I'm going to say that. And well, then, I hated it. And then Brody came up and I didn't even realize any of this was happening, but like petting him was truly like not only soothing me, but it was like a fidget spinner helps you focus. I was like able to finally like focus on what you were saying. So in that moment, I, it, I guess I was just like getting my needs. I, I don't need it anymore, but that's why I wasn't focused. I didn't, that's, I, I want to say I understand you and I know, and I know Brody. Yeah, you, you understand but, me really well. And I just, one final trip around the horn, especially. Trip around the horn? <laughs> yeah, the horn of Africa. Oh. Um, which I believe is the base of South Africa going around the horn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it might be South America. Let's be Don't honest. Don't lose what you're going to say. I was just going to say those continents, they're pretty similar. <laughs> Are One they? of them's got kind of like a... Oh, like in a, shape. Yeah, like a seahorse yes. tail. Yes. South America's got the seahorse. And Africa, if you were going to pick a continent to like drop a piano on, like a gigantic piano, you can't get more solid than Africa. Also, Africa kind of <laughs> looks like an organ in the body. Do you think? Oh my God, yeah. It looks like a kidney. It looks like a kidney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. And Saudi Arabia, shout out for looking like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> and China looks like a witch. Once you see it, a witch on a broom. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Really? China looks like a witch on a broom. And Italy, a boot, of course. Yeah, we got a boot and a shoe. Wow. wow. Maybe they were together in the Pangea days. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it all just got scrambled. He was so horny. The guy in the Santa boot was so horny for the lady in the sexy boot. How funny is it that it looks like a Parisian, like, yeah. sexy, like, burlesque boot? I know. And it's in the it's in Europe. This is a potential Pixar short, for sure. Right? Yeah. Telling but I, stories. I immediately don't like it. Mm. I'm just kidding. I'm exhausted with, like... The task of having to do that well. Yeah. Because you'd be like, all right, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it. Yeah. Okay, what was I saying? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about Brody. One more time around. You, I was just saying, like, one of the th- great gifts you've given me 
and I already said it, but like, is instead of running away from the embarrassment, the shame. So mm-hmm. like when we're watching TV to go away from Brody and your phone is vibrating. Yeah. Like you do know me and you, and you turn it off. And it's actually hard for me to even admit that because mm-hmm. I don't really like being a guy mm-hmm. that needs phones off when we're watching TV. Yeah. But I can't. I can't watch Only Murders in the Building, which is a good show, with... Like you, you help me understand. Some people, their phone going is like a good sound. Yeah, they like it. They get the dopamine hit. Yes, and there's science to it. They're like, ooh, someone's looking for me. Yeah, I'm just like the. This is again a four thing. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, it's seven o'clock. I'm watching TV. Yeah, my phone's off. It's off. It's always off. Yeah. My phone is never on. Mm-hmm. Everyone that knows me knows to text me and I'll call them back. It's never going to work to call me. It's never. Unless I know I have a call. Yeah. But that that was a, a sidebar. You really helped and it's been so valuable. And I believe it was Tara Brock who taught you. It's not the feeling. It's the, it's shame. the shame. So I have the feeling, boy, I, when I'm watching a movie or something, I don't want to hear phones going off. And by the way, if anyone said that to me, I would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's distract. It's like the, it's like the textbook example of distracting. It's taking you out of the movie or whatever. I'd be so on their side, but I have such a hard time being on my own side. Yeah. And then I feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. And then really the shame is way more unpleasant than even the feeling. Right. I was and just- that's why one more around the horn, because I can't say that enough. I say that to everybody I meet. I was just talking to um, my friend about this yesterday that it's so, it it was in this moment, it was really clear. They were like, why are we ashamed of our feelings? That's not something, you have a reaction to something, especially something like that. That's like an instant reaction to Brody barking or the phone buzzing. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. I think it's, it's the same thing as if you get a shot Leela just got shots at the doctor. Mm. If you're a grown man and you get a shot and you go, oh, like mm. everyone is going to go, come on. So there is a part of growing up and being a grown person mm. that is suppressing your feelings. And we value people that suppress their feelings mm. and we don't trust people that show their feelings. Mm, it's like yeah. inconvenient, but that's impolite. And sort of ugly to be like, oh, I thought I was going to miss the bus. Thank you for... Like you're wet and your purse is spilling out. But like I that think... person's weird. And a cool guy gets on the bus, swipes, sits down, shut the fuck up <laughs> until you have something to sell or make or prove or win. Like emotions don't help you That's win. It. Repressing your emotions helps you win. That's it. It's because we come from a culture and a society that tells us that feelings are bad and that feelings are something that you should be in control of. So it is, if you have a feeling, you're doing that. You're responsible for that. And that's not true experientially. You have a feeling and it is more like something that's arising in you. But look at all the things we love. If a boxing match was feeling friendly, it would go like this. Round one, ding. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Okay, okay, okay. I'm scared. I'm scared. Don't hit me again. That really. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Mike Tyson. Oh, I'm going to get you now. What if I can't get you? What if I can't? Oh, he's so shiny. That looks kind of cool in the light. And then you're down. Like football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, field hockey, lacrosse, girls lacrosse, women's lacrosse. We love uh, the, the legal system. Uh, acting is a mastery of emotion, is a repressing of emotion. It's simultaneously emoting, but it's also like we know that's not how they really feel. So they're even cooler. Not only are they not feeling their feelings, they're feeling someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm. This is the coolest thing a mammal can do. And again, I think it does go back to being pack animals. And if you're traveling as a herd and you're hunting as a herd and you're trying to gather land and not cause too much stink in the jungle, and one of us is going, it is humid in the <laughs> jungle there is moisture on every leaf every leaf alpha that dude's gonna get you starved he's gonna get you sabotaged by another group of humans Mm -hmm. it's just not cool or safe to be loud and and feeling yeah think about the like the dust bowl you couldn't be like whoa more like the dust everywhere there's dust everywhere like you had to shut the fuck up and and oregon trail your way to like the only place where you could have the luxury of turnips like oh thank god there's turnips here imagine being happy for a turnip you cry when the wi-fi goes out they were happy for dirty turnips and dirt was considered the sauce it's got sauce gross and you lick it and it's mud and it's a different sauce they were grateful so i'm saying like we have uh, mammalarian programming to not show your emotions we have like pack reasons to not show your emotions well that's where so that's why i wish i could sit on the couch and just i'm a cool guy who fucking cares i don't care yeah but i do care and that's embarrassing Sure, and that is, anytime there's shame, it's probably usually some sort of biological pack thing. Like, shame is, shame and guilt are the mechanisms that helped us stay in the pack and survive. Because we needed to stay in the pack to survive. Wow, you're really blowing it. People say mind-blown a lot, but, like, I really love what you just said. It really (laughs) connected something for me. So I'm going, I'm ashamed because I don't want you... Too tired of me. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and that's... Our little pack. So there's two things. It's like one is reminding your body that that's old pro- programming. Or, my, or reminding your mind more likely. Um, like, okay, yes, that's old programming. We won't be left for how we feel. And two is... There's a difference between allowing the feeling to arise in you... And letting it wash you off your feet. And letting it completely sweep you up... And totally expressing, like, verbalizing every single thing that you're feeling. Exactly. I, yes, I was with some dudes recently, and we saw something that was scary, and then no one was talking about it. Yeah. And, like, looking back on that thing, I didn't need us to talk about it in real time, Mm. but I do wish we had talked about it right after we walked past what we saw. Yeah. You know, we could have been like... Well, that was jarring. Yeah. That made us feel strange, mm-hmm. but they were being very dude about it. Mm-hmm. And not even dude. A lot of a lot of women aren't in touch. So I love this. Now we've done it. We're in that sweet spot that I love so much that this podcast helps me so much. I'm grateful for the Brody moment because it is finding that balance of you don't need to be bowled over by your emotions, but you also don't need to like falsely suppress them. 
Well, either. and that's the thing. So, so whether it has completely possessed you or you are ignoring it and all of your, your body and your nervous system and your whole equipment is then working to suppress it and to ignore it, whether you realize that or not. And either way, it has you. Yeah. So actually kind of the only way to be, I don't like this term, but some people really do, but like be the like master of your emotions is to just allow it to like bubble up and out and like, and not letting it fully possess you, but not also taking all your energy to suppress it. Say the thing about the rope, rope, the climbing a rope that you Uh, said at breakfast. Uh, oh yeah, this is Joseph Goldstein. It's the idea of, well, this is uh, this could be used for any sort of resistance. I, it, he uses it in terms of like the impermanence of the present moment and of everything. But it could be emotional. But it could feelings. be yeah, where you're just it's like you're holding on to a rope that you're sliding down. That's just going to give you rope burn. Either way, you're going down. You're still going down. One way you're going down and getting rope burn, and the other way you're just going down. Yeah. And the way that that became visual for me was we were at the park and Leela likes to go down the slide backwards sometimes like mm. feet first on her belly backwards and I I watched her figure out that if she lifts her arms she goes fast and easy mm-hmm. and if she keeps her arms down she the squeaks and squeaks. gets like like a slide burn basically yeah not, a, not anything lasting but it, it hurts her mm. and that became a little mantra for me um, was arms up, Leela, arms up, arms up. So like, it goes back to, again, just to really put a cap on it, the Brody thing, I'm going, fuck, we're recording a podcast. This is really bothering me. Mm. We can look at it two ways. One is the psychological way of like, let's just solve this. Mm. Well, let's just put Brody in the house. It's okay. Yes. There's like an easy solution. But really looking back, it was the shame and it was the resistance. So I, I was holding on to the rope mm-hmm. instead of just going like, this is this is what it is. Although now that I say that, it, I, don't, I don't know if I could have just been like, it's just what it is. Just feel, It's fine. So this is the common misconception about surrender, right? Yeah. Is that we think that that means you don't do anything and, and you just allow everything to happen to you and around you and you take no action. And that isn't true. This is why mindfulness, it will always come back to the basic practice of mindfulness for me, which is, which of course, just to give it like a definition to help us put it in this frame is just being present with what's arising, just being in the present moment and observing without judgment, what is arising And then there is the second wing of that, which is taking wise action, but taking it from that place of, I have opened to what's happening. So for the Brody example, because I do think we were saying this on the way to breakfast today, it's like life is just one moment after another that's inviting you to practice letting go Mm. And that that's also perfect practice for death. So we have all these dr- these dress rehearsals. Yeah, dry these, runs. Yeah, all these dry runs to practice letting go. And so in that moment, it's like Brody is distracting you. You know, it's it's not always... You don't always have time to do this, but I will say the more you practice on a cushion, the quicker these reflexes come up of just like, wow, Brody's really distracting me. 
I don't have to place a judgment on that. That's just what's happening. Mm. And from that place, you can then go, I can actually do something about this. I'll put him out. See, what you're, that is so brilliant. You're such a good teacher. You're a natural teacher. Because going back to what we're saying, and this really does feel like gold to me, I was like, Brody's distracting me. Like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? But I go, Brody's distracting me. Shame. Mm-hmm. Pack mentality. Our pack mm-hmm. and the pack we have with the listeners, with the weirdos. Yeah. And I'm going to let down everyone. People will not like the podcast anymore, so mm-hmm. I'll be exiled in that way. Yeah. And you will slowly, <laughs> the voice of my fear is you'll slowly put together mm. what a what a weirdo or a neurotic monster you're living with. <laughs> and then one day you'll, I don't think this all the time, but the, the voice of my fear says... One day you'll have enough evidence to go, mm. yeah, because that's what happened to me before. That's what already happened, yeah. That's what I feel like happened to me before. Yeah. And I really have this voice where I'm like, and she had young Pete. Mm. She had 22-year-old, Grace Clyes are gonna clear up, <laughs> put on a happy... But actually that but ended up being a, that's the, the problem. problem. Yes, exactly. He was the peppermint fountain that had no savory, nothing really much going on other than like, Fake reflexive, just smile. Yeah, I'm like that—that that doesn't work. So, I understand rationally, but like your link to me of the feeling is only shameful when you start making assumptions mm-hmm. that the feeling is so bad it's going to lead to these other things. Usually exile. Usually the loss of love. Yeah. Um, well, let me just talk to your fear for a second. Okay, Pizza. let me get him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's here. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> okay, Pete's fear. I love you. I'm so sorry that you got hurt in that way. Oh, that was scary. Hey, thanks for <laughs> thanks for protecting Pete and trying to keep that from happening again. Guess what? We've been together for nine years. And Pete's really good at showing me every single part of himself. Mm. <laughs> so I'm in, and I've been in, and I'm not going to see anything that's going to convince me to be out. So you can keep trying to protect Pete, but it's really not its not needed. You can kind of just rest and trust, trust Pete's equipment and trust me. I'm here to stay. <laughs> you scared it how much you liked it. That was so beautiful. <laughs> What a little gift that was. Aww. Hopefully for, for people listening too, I love these examples of how we can talk to our complicated selves. And I know it sounds maybe a little West Coast and maybe a little woo-woo, but it is so helpful. I'm really like, I, I don't mean to keep making this point. I don't know if I have already, but I sort of made it in this episode. Like this is your life. Like mm. you guys listening right now and you and I talking And it really, especially since my non-specified drug experience, feels like everything is so interconnected and our language and our facial expressions and the colors and the art and the music and the food, everything is teeming with possibility. But not only that, it's locked into everything else like Lego pieces and and shifting around. Everything everything is in exchange with everything else. Mm -hmm. And when you say... Hey, fear, I see you, and I know you're trying to protect Pete, but it's okay. Yeah. Trust me, it's okay. We love you. Thank you. Yeah. Those are spells. Mm. And even if you're alone, 
Mm-hmm. People listening, you can do it to yourself. Yep. I know you're worried about this, this, or this. That's beautiful. You're trying to keep us safe, but like, mm. please, we can flow into what's happening. We can. Yes. What's what's wrong right now, or whatever it might be, or you know what? That that's that's thinking our way out of it. Just going like, that's really hard. That's it. I see you struggling with that. We don't have to get all zen and be like, but what eternally is wrong? That's that's rationalization. It's way better to just take some time and be like, my darling, that was very hard. You were scared. And that's all I wanted to do with my friends after the jarring thing. Yeah. Which is like, we were scared. Yeah. And that's my, am I understood? I was scared. And everyone I asked, they were scared too. And I was like, then why weren't we talking about it? Yeah. That's, okay, that's so key. And it's, I'm just realizing this with Leela. And I and it's like, of course, I do this to myself all the time. So, of course, I'm doing it to Leela. But it's like, Leela, every, almost every time we pick her up from preschool, she or I pick her up. She is upset because she has to leave this blue shovel that she loves there, and she cries, "Blue shovel!" Like we're in the car, and she's like, "Blue shovel!" And she's yeah. so sad. Of course, I know this has nothing to do with the blue shovel. She's tired. Yeah. She's a little energetic sponge like us, so she's absorbed the energy of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, Which she was so gracious to notice that's that's what I was doing. I'm yeah in comedy mode, so of course I'm going to notice everything in the room. Yeah, that's why I tell tables that are talking to be quiet when I'm doing stand up. That you don't understand what's happening. I'm paying attention to everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she, so she needs to release that. She's exhausted. It's a transition, which is really weird and hard. So it's all, it's all these things and it has nothing to do with the blue shovel. And initially I was saying things like, I know it's hard to leave school. I think you're really tired. Let's go home and rest. I'm just like directly. And she's just crying blue Blue shovel, shovel, blue shovel. And then I was like. That feels like shit when I, when somebody's doing that to me. Yeah. Even if I know, it's I'm like not crying. It's like in a crying. fight, someone goes, "You're selfish," and you go, "You're just projecting." Yeah. yeah, or even just being like, and I try not to do this. I think women do this to themselves so frequently, but just being like, "I'm just on my period," and it's like, "Yeah, sure, this might be amplifying some other feelings because." You're on your period. But those feelings are just as strong and just as real. Mm-hmm. So I just started being like, oh, you, you're you sad to leave Blue Shovel. You wanted Blue Shovel. You know, just yeah. just whatever she's saying she's sad about, she doesn't need me to pathologize and to think about what she's really sad about. Right. She just needs me to witness what she's sad if about. If an ice cream cone falls off your cone... And you're sad. And then a man in a beret and a black turtleneck comes up and goes, really, you are sad about <laughs> life and the fleeting nature of your own reality. <laughs> you're just like, fuck off, man. It was cookies and cream. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. it's great to deal with what we're dealing with. Yeah. And I think what, we're, what we've done, I think, are we going to win an award for this? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will say being off social I used to get so nervous when we would release episodes because I was like, I'm going to see all the feedback. And I th- and even doing stand-up, I would check my socials to see what people thought of the show. I had a show last night, didn't do that. It's been 
beautiful. Yeah, it's Again, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, it's Oh, my God. <laughs> and I do. I will miss some of the, the nice moments I've had with fans over the years. My, my assistant will still be checking the messages if there's anything like urgent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like there's something really beautiful about – there's a line in the Tao Te Ching where it says, do your work and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that sounds really nice. I have no idea how, how you do that. Yeah. But something – Something shifted and like, I, I don't know how I got there. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it, I feel very free. <laughs> Yay. Oh, you're just saying like, you don't have to worry about people, how people feel about this episode. Right. I was going to say like, maybe we'll win an award. And that's like <laughs> the old way I used to think. Maybe this will be the one that shatters everything and we win the awards. I'm like, or it just happened yeah and that's a way better place to be yeah because one wanting the award or fearing the beheading mm. is just no way to live and to think it all started with welcome to shit town shitheads welcome to shit town shitheads let's talk about talking shit who sucks this month oh wow at it again then we read the news is there anything worse than reading the news and riffing on it no. Well, some people do it really well, though. That's true. <laughs> Cut to me back on uh, numerous shows that do that and doing it with delight. Um, I have a poem. Let's all read a poem up to the highest gnome. <laughs> I hear you barking, Brody, but I am hey, Brody. over it. I hear you, Brody. I hear you, Brody. All right, this is a fees. I got this new book called uh, I Heard God Laughing. It's a collection of Hafiz poems. I highly recommend it. And you will, you don't really need to buy it because I'll be reading poems from that um, indefinitely. <laughs> you just took money from the Hafiz estate, but oh, okay. God, sorry. <laughs> like the 90th generation Hafiz, <laughs> Steve Hafiz. <laughs> it was like, hey. Hey, that was going to be like 10 cents. (laughs) Once it like trickles down through the publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't get Steve started on who gets, who wets their beak (laughs) from the Hafiz estate. He's friends with Dan Rumi. (laughs) Dan Rumi and Steve Hafiz are multi-generational mystic poets. Oh my God. I don't think either of those were their last names, which is funny. Oh, yeah. Are they? I don't know. It's like, I thought it was like Madonna and Cher. Hmm. Mm. Before there were billions of people, we all just had one name. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, get over here. <laughs> and there was and a... you'd say where they were from. Yes. Abraham of Boaz. Yes. They didn't need a last name. I know. And then there was a point where they're like, there's too many Abrahams here. We're going to have to get second names. <laughs> And there's so many from Boaz, so that's not working. Oh, my God. You think Jesus from Nazareth was the only Jesus of Nazareth? I actually had that as a movie idea, that there was another Jesus in Nazareth (laughs) that was like, not that one. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Here it is. Huffies. It's called Awake a While. Awake a while. It does not have to be forever. Right now. One step upon the sky's soft skirt would be enough. Hafiz, awake a while. Just one true moment of love will last for days. Rest all your elaborate plans and tactics for knowing him. For they are all just frozen spring buds 
far, so far from summer's divine gold. Awake, my dear. Be kind to your sleeping heart. Take it out into the vast fields of light and let it breathe. Say, love, give me back my wings. Lift me, lift me nearer. Say to the sun and moon, say to our dear friend, I will take you up now, beloved, on that wonderful dance you promised. Hmm. He always, I mean, all the poems are great, but like he always nails the last line. He does. Like a comedian, he closes on the best line. Yeah, so does Mary Oliver. And Mary Oliver does a really great like poetry um, structure where you want to start with something every day. And then you end with like the cosmic oh, connection. Yeah. I love it so much. One of the first clubs I performed at was the Comedy Connection. Speaking of, <laughs> we will be at Largo uh, the day before this aired. I was at Largo. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is not when we do plugs. I know. Um, well, thank right? you, Eric Satie. That was Eric Satie <laughs> with, the, with the music. For being such a DJ this episode. Um. I know. Sorry, I started reading my email. <laughs> you have somebody from a Mandela? <laughs> Who? Where? Mangala. Man, man. Oh, Mangala. It's a Ramdas person. Oh. <laughs> well, Mangala would also be a really great drag queen name. <laughs> like, kind of like, yeah, I can't riff on that. Nope. Okay. You don't need to. <laughs> like the, the you don't polite. have to riff on everything. Yeah, what a new phenomenon for comedians. It's like, but I have a riff, but it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay, buddy. Go Just get a snack. <laughs> Why don't you go have a snack? Oh, my geez. Um, um, thanks, thanks for Val. listening. Thank you for that wonderful time. As always, I feel so much better after than uh, before. Great. Thank you all for listening. You can still DM me. I do read them uh, most of the time. Uh, I do read them. I just sometimes it takes a long time for me to get to all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm still on social media. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, if you have a guest request or something, Paige will see that. Yeah. The, but the, I mean, if you email assistant. me. Yeah. And it's not because I don't love the weirdos. We it's love been... the weirdos. It's brown. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Ah, keep it crispy, guys.